in L.A., Eric Garcetti, asked fans, he said, please do not gather downtown or near the Staples Center. So, of course, everyone gathered downtown and near the Staples Center. And police declared a citywide tactical alert. About 75 to 80 people were arrested for a multitude of charges, including refusal to disperse, vandalism, assault with a deadly weapon on an officer, and looting. Also, quite a bit of graffiti seen here downtown. Yeah, so we still have some work to do in the celebration department. Um, I, again, I don't understand why as a society we decided, yeah, you can smash up stuff. The taxpayer will pick it up if your team wins. That's just a a deal we've made with sports fans. You get one guy being lawless, you get arrested. You can get 500 people together, you don't get arrested. It's weird. It's it's the power dynamics. Um, By the way, something So that was about the Lakers winning the championship. How did the Dodgers-Braves go last night? I just picked up a pizza and the Braves were up 1-0, but I don't watch sports. It's a a seesaw struggle. It was just just mind-blowing. I I don't know. Who won? Braves won 5-1. Oh, unexpected. I was talking to one particular Dodgers fan at at Michael's wedding who uh, was guaranteeing the Braves would not win a game, so. Yeah, I was told by a different Dodgers fan that the Braves are so overmatched, they just, uh, it's almost sad. Okay. Well, they're up one nothing. <laughs> That's um, why they play the games. Dodgers lost their first game. On okay. paper, the Dodgers can't be beat, but they don't play on paper, Jack. They play on grass. Uh, <laughs> and a little bit of dirt. And a little bit of dirt in the infield. <laughs> All right, granted. Um, and the warning track is dirt, too. The SCOTUS confirmation hearing going on right now. If anything happens out of it, we'll tell you. But uh, barring her, I don't know, like peeling off a mask and secretly being a villain. (laughs) Or if they trick her into answering a question she knows she shouldn't. But as uh, she was described as the most brilliant student Notre Dame University's ever seen. Um, I I have a feeling they won't be able to dupe her. I don't think that half-wit Kamala Harris will be able to maneuver her into a corner. What if ACB peels off a mask and it turns out she's El Chapo? That would be surprising. That's about about what it would take. Uh, So she's going to end up on the Supreme Court. And um, uh, Trump's either going to be gone soon or in four years. And our politics are still a mess. Uh, the Dispatch today um, reporting on a study that's out about how much we don't like either party, and I thought it was pretty interesting. I'll just read a little bit of it for you. Neither Democrats nor Republicans are perceived to be meeting the needs of America uh, as we head into this November election. Many are unhappy with the Republican Party, its leadership, and its handling of COVID-19, but it's a mistake to believe that the Democratic Party is widely admired or that its policies are being embraced by both by most Americans. That's simply not true. Thanks to a new national survey as part of AEI's Survey Center on American Life, they show that Americans have overwhelmingly negative views of both parties and that these ratings are far worse than the traditional favorability metrics that have been used for decades. Neither party gainers a favorability rating greater than 50%. 37% of Americans have a favorable view of the Republicans, 45% of the Democrats. Um, the Democratic Party has generally held higher favorability ratings than the GOP over the last few decades. It was as high as 61% in the 90s. The GOP hung around the 50s, uh, got as high as 61% for a while, has been as low as 30 But since 2016, overall ratings have been low, 44% on average for the Dems. And 40% on average for the GOP over the last four years. 44 and 40. Um, And there's much more uh, that's being told about the metric, about the parties, 
Do you feel that the policies of the Republican slash Democratic Party generally move the country in the right direction? As a question, 38% of Americans see the GOP being dangerous to the nation's future. Mm-hmm. But a similar number feel the same way about the Democrats. In contrast, only 31% believe the policies of the GOP move the country in the right direction, 27 for the Democrats. So wow. that leaves a plurality of Americans who think that neither party will move the country in the right direction. Correct. It's interesting to me that the Democrats lead in favorability, but uh, trail in uh, policy favorability, if you will. I, I suspect the gap is just people who are saying, the Democrats give me more stuff. Which, as a basis for your vote, is a pretty solid one. Yeah, and I don't know what it comes out It will be our ruin. I don't know what comes out of this. In France, they elected a guy who wasn't a member of either party. For the first Same time here. For the first time ever. Yeah, more or less here, but he did run as a Republican. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, we are ripe, it would seem, for uh, some people to start winning who aren't a member of either party, but I don't know if our system allows for that. Well, given our system, I think it's more likely that we'll see more uh, Trumpish uh, behavior, meaning not, not specifically the way Trump behaves, but walking in and taking over a party. Bernie would have done it mm, once, maybe twice. If he'd been allowed to, but the party was able to to choke him off, uh, the the Republicans were not able to Trump or take off. Uh, I'm sorry, choke off Trump. So he walked in, said, "No, nah, the party's mine now." <laughs> and yeah. so instead of establishing a new party, he twisted it to his will. Whether that will be enough of a change to be a real change, eh, it yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. If Trump loses, I think there's going to be a real remaking of the Republican Party in some direction, but. I, I think it's a little bit of a misinterpretation of those those numbers and that, like, the parties really mean anything. I don't think they mean anything anymore. What do the parties stand for? What a, it's, it's, it's certainly not as clear as it used to be. I think the Republicans, uh, having suffered from lower approval ratings for the last several years, have decided to become more Santa Clausian in the uh, in the way of the Democrats. But it's so and, much- and throw away the whole dad party, the whole father party that says... I know we would like to do that, but we don't have the money to do that. I'm afraid we can't. I wish it was about policy at all, but it's so much just about the personality and you have the right uniform on. People didn't vote for Trump um, because of anything the Republican Party stands for. And people aren't voting for Biden because of anything the Democratic Party stands for. They just don't like Trump. Yeah, to to some extent, to, to a large extent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So uh, speaking of the election, Jack uh, keeps bringing up the polls, and uh, I poo-poo it. Uh, Alert listener Brian sent this along. I thought it was quite interesting. David Chapman and Pollwatch have been tracking the polling this cycle and and, um, and, and have a contrarian view. Uh, They talk about shy Trump voters, youth vote. The youth vote interest levels are tanking. Now, the the vaunted youth vote is always uh, overestimated. It's always exaggerated how important it's going to be. The kids, they rally, they shout, they pull down statues, they punch old people in the face in Portland. They tweet. They tweet, but then they don't show up to the polls. For some reason, it's amazing, but they don't. Um, But some polls have one million fewer young people voting this year because enthusiasm for Biden among the young is just in the tank. So that that may be because he's almost 80. Well, he's almost 80. He's clueless. He's not down with the the whole uh, progressive thing, really. He's pretending to be, and everybody could tell. But this uh, Chapman and his outfit say 
there's one metric they've looked at for for decades that never ever fails. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Before I get to that, this is really interesting too. Um, uh, they they nixed a bunch of ideas that, for instance, bad economies kill incumbents. That was the case for Bush 41, but that was also the third consecutive Republican term after two of Reagan. Historically, the um, incumbent party is 12 and 11 when facing re-election during a down economy. Got a slightly winning record, so it's no better than a coin toss. A coin toss. But speaking of incumbents. Mr. Chapman added, no incumbent who has received at least 75% of the primary vote has lost re-election. Trump received 94% of the primary vote, which is the fourth highest all-time, higher than Eisenhower, Nixon, Clinton, and Obama. Three times in history, America has faced a pandemic, recession, and civil unrest during an election year. The incumbent party is 3-0 in those elections. What about polls? Well, polls are... Predicting Trump's win. If you look at him right, ABC poll has Trump with a 19-point enthusiasm advantage. Mm-hmm. I I don't, as I often say, evidence is not proof. There is a hell of a lot of hmm, evidence when you look at the polls. The numbers are there. Biden with a 10-point national lead. Biden with eight points in Pennsylvania, the rest of it. But there are a whole lot of your undercurrenty polls, your emotional polls, excitement, enthusiasm, etc., that are are yelling. The informal poll of how many Biden signs do you see? How many Biden flags do you see on the back of pickups? The rest of it. There's so many of those kind of underground indicators that are really flowing toward Trump. That's not proof of anything, but it does make you say, hmm. I want you to be right. I have no need to tie myself to this argument. It's just if you if you go by traditional polling, which is almost always right, um, he's in as bad a spot as anybody's been in decades. Right. Nobody's been this far behind in, in nationally and in the key states since Dole got wiped out by Clinton in 96. Just terrible numbers. Yeah, I, I give Trump about the same chance as I give the... The Braves in game one. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he drops the mic. <laughs> he drops and Jack drops to his knees, realizing he's been bested. Except I want to be wrong. He's been humiliated w- by the power of my reason. I want to be wrong. I really, really want. I can't tell you how much I want to be wrong. Well, I have good news for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I am. <laughs> Well, I say we all get together on November 4th and yeah. take a look at it and see if we can figure anything out. And one more thing it's going to throw. Yes. Oh, the, the question would be, all that stuff is absolutely true. Is Trump so uniquely hated by a big chunk of the country that it, that it upsets all of those you know numbers about when the economy's good, blah, 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 blah? It's possible. Completely unique uh, campaign. Sh- very surprising to everybody uh, in the establishment that he won. He's been a very strange president, incredibly <laughs> effective in a lot yeah. of ways, oh, yeah. uh, extremely effective in in more ways than people remember, because there's nobody in the media touting it. No, nobody talks the about victories regulations. have been tremendous. And nobody talks about regulations at any length in uh, in your cable news or anything like that. Sure. The foreign relations victories, the peace in the Middle East, Anywho. peace in the Middle East. Nobody wants to talk about that, we'll, but we'll see. We'll gather three weeks from today and uh, come to a conclusion of some sort. So, Is that a plan? 
Everybody on board with that? I love it. Fantastic. Uh, Some highlights from the Senate confirmation hearings, among other things, on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Lost in this hypocritical rush is the legacy of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Let me close by remembering her for a minute in this unseemly charade. This is a charade when they say this is a normal judiciary committee hearing. Rushing a judge through this sham process. They are confident that victory at the Supreme Court is now within their grasp if the Senate confirms Judge Barrett through this hypocritical illegitimate process. Yes, Judge. I think this hearing is a sham. Travesty, a sham, and a mockery. It's a travish a mockery. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. And uh, so far, uh, Judge Barrett has is, is just sat there smilingly taking it. Of course, nobody's accused her of gang rape. Uh, she's an amazing woman. She makes me feel bad about myself. I feel like I have the brain of a smallish dog. Uh, compared to her big giant brain, she sounds like a fourteen-year-old girl. She does, uh, but she's a, a, a brilliant gal. She does sound like about an eighth-grade girl. Yeah, yeah. I would like to know what it feels like to have a brain like that, just for a while. Yeah, yeah. How she feels about the rest of us, uh, like you feel about a dog or a sheep or something. I don't know. Does she ever have? A, I can't get this password to work. What the hell? Does that <laughs> does that ever happen to her? Writer, what's the name of that case? I mean, they're asking her, uh, what's the name of the case that deals with uh, toenail clippings as it relates to the Amazon rainforest? Oh, that would be uh, 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 Blikovitz be uh, via, you know, Schnigelik. Uh, and uh, I mean, she's got all that right at the top yeah. of mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. It's the, uh, wait a minute, it's the, uh, I can, oh, I know, I, I know this, I learned this. Um, no, she's never said that in her entire life. <laughs> Big old brain of hers. We got a toilet at our house now. Oh, congratulations. That's nice. No, this is not a up. this is not a rerun from 1928, folks. <laughs> we have indoor plumbing now. We have a toilet in our house. It's fantastic. That's, that's first time terrific. in a, first time in a month we have a toilet in our house. Who that was, was a long month. Who, who was the first to use it? Was it by seniority or I let Henry do it. He was very excited. We've, oh, we've named it nice. Sheila. Sheila the toilet. You named your toilet? Yeah. We decided <laughs> to give it a name. We had a little party. Give wow. me a moment. I got to go talk to Sheila. <laughs> Sheila, that's that's odd. I mean, who am I to question? And it, I tweeted out a picture of it last night on how, how we got our new toilet, and uh, got more comments on that tweet, I think, than anything I've ever tweeted. Yes, ever. So, uh, yes, that's a toilet. That's just, a toilet uh, sound effect for anybody who doesn't know what a toilet is. Just don't be like that guy in the, uh, what was it, a Target store or Home something? Depot. Home Depot said, hey, y'all probably ought to get out of here. I'm about to blow this place up. <laughs> and somebody, somebody thought that was a threat. Yeah. <laughs> they thought he was going to bomb the Home Depot. No, it's an expression. Yes, an unfortunate expression. Very, very much so. Is that Wichita, beautiful Wichita, where that happened? It was. It was, where our radio career began. But anyway, I'm really pro indoor plumbing. So if you haven't tried it yet, it's it's awesome to not have to go outside. Congratulations. Yeah. I, I saw you went with the classic white as well. I'm a very basic person. Did I ever tell you about uh, Joe DiMaggio's toilet? At a beautiful winery, $2 winery, as a matter of fact, in Napa Valley. 
the the good folks who own the winery uh, had a toilet. Joe DiMaggio used to hang out there in the, uh, I guess, in the '60s after his career. And man, he admired the hell out of that toilet. It was all black, black hmm. tank, blacks, everything black. And man, he couldn't get enough of that toilet. It was the best looking toilet he'd ever had. And so when they remodeled the house, they kept it. And it's out back of the barn now, and you can sit on it and pose for pictures. <laughs> and I have huge for the Instagram. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, the Graham loves Joe D's toilet. Jolton Joe. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he'd go over there if he had a you know had a couple of glasses of uh, Napa's finest. He had to relieve himself. He'd always ask for that toilet, especially. Is that a black toilet? It's down there, right? That's a beautiful story. That is a nice story. Ted Williams. No record exists of his preference in uh, bathroom decor, and it's shame. It's lost to history. So uh, Johnny Bench, he was a trough guy. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. big trough guy. Yeah. Right. Uh, bums and junkies policies in the progressive West continue to yield the only result they could possibly yield, but the unicornian leaders of those enlightened bergs continue to try the same foolish stuff. We have a couple of examples of that for you. Also, the Great Barrington Declaration, when the thousands of scientists and doctors came out and said the lockdowns must end. Well, some of the people in charge of those lockdowns have responded. And what they've said you will find persuasive if you're an idiot. Okay, I want to hear that. Oh, my golly. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, we have to come together. That's why I'm running. I'm running as a proud Democrat for the Senate. You may remember, I got in trouble when we were running against the senator who was a Mormon, the governor, okay? And I took him on. Sleepy Joe Biden. Not a nice guy, by the way, I have to be honest. Not a nice guy. You know, people say, oh, he's such a nice guy. He had a very bad day today. He had a very bad day. You saw what happened. If I ever had a day like he had today, they'd say it's over. It's over. No, Biden had a bad day. He forgot Mitt Romney's name. He didn't know what state he was in. And he said, today he's a proud Democrat running for the U.S. Senate. No, you can't do it. So, so, no, I um, can't do it. <laughs> What the heck? Of course, the question is, everybody thought Trump rally was going to vote for Trump anyway. Is there anybody out there who was going to vote for Biden who will now vote for Trump if Biden shows he's uh, slipping? Yeah, that's the question. I don't. No, that is not the question. The question is who will turn out. Okay. It's enthusiasm. It's enthusiasm. And the more senile Biden comes off as, the less enthusiasm. Keep yapping, man. All right. Once again, maybe if we could all get together three weeks from today and hold a vote. So much speculating. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you make it easier for people to be bums and junkies, you get more bums and junkies. That is just shocking. I mean, oh, slow down, Joe. I'm trying to take notes here. (laughs) Unbelievable. Tell you what, Cal Unicornia, Portland, Seattle, leading the way. Let's just make it effortlessly, effortless rather, for people to uh, be junkies. And see what happens. Got this note from uh, Al Anonymous. I see the name right in front of me, front, first and last. He signed it. I know where he lives. I know who he is. 
but I'm not going to subject him to, uh, you know, doxing and backlash and the rest of it. My head just explodes. This is insane. Here's your headline from Novato, California. It is a beautiful town in Marin County, suburb of San Francisco, rolling hills, etc. Lots and lots of bums and junkies. Because the compassionate thing is to give them needles and let them uh, 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 camp in the park and don't get them off the sidewalk. And they're only pooping in front of your business because they have nowhere else to poop. They're only stealing from you because the white supremacist economy. Wait a minute. They're white. Uh, never mind. Uh, has, has oppressed them. Nine campers in a Novato, California park have filed claims alleging Marin County neglected to protect their health and safety by not adequately servicing the portable washrooms and wash stations they had set up for the aforementioned bums. They'd not been serviced in several weeks. The toilets close to overflowing. Gross. Lacked toilet. You know, I've mentioned this many times, and I will continue to mention it because it's a pat on the back to the porta potty industry. I'm uh, I'm old enough. I remember the porta potties of the seventies. You'd go to a ball game, a fair, a concert, whatever. The porta potties were horrifying, horrifying. They were like a an outhouse that had never been dealt with. I'm gagging thinking about it. Thirty years later, twenty years later, the nineties, the two thousands, porta potties. They got that weird smell, but eh, they're fine. Real leap forward. Second only, I would say, to the home computer in terms of progress, the porta potty. All right, it's the golden age of movable sewage. Boy, <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, these uh, nine campers have filed suit against the county and the city and the rest, seeking damages ranging from twenty six thousand to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, based on what residents felt they should be paid for the alleged negligence. Wait, residents? Wait a minute. We're now calling bums in a park residents? Uh, that's a good one. Good changing of the language? Yes. That is uh, that is some creative uh, stuff. Uh, Illegal but... becomes undocumented. Homeless becomes... You're a resident a of resident the park. Resident of the park, exactly. Uh, court packing becomes port- court balancing. Um, and and fulfilling your constitutional duty becomes court packing in turn. On the other hand, one of this, uh, and it's always these activist lawyers who are filing these suits because they get paid in the end, but um, evidently the county said, and they serviced the bathrooms the next day. So great victory for the bums. Oh, speaking of which. I know people. I actually know people who had their homes burned down. Lost everything they had, and they're not allowed to clean up their own area because they haven't gotten the permits, and they, they just can't get the permits going. Right. Right. To, like, go and go through their own stuff and see what they still have. But if the the residents of the park uh, are unhappy, uh, government gets right on that. Right. Oh, and if you have a bum camp on your property, God help you sorting through yeah. the Residents of the park, I, I don't. That's kind of uh, counterintuitive, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I was listening to uh, the great Adam Carolla, inventor of the cheapest Toyota model, um, and he was uh, he was his comment was that um, things will either increase, decrease, or stay the same. He just said, in general, uh, yeah, just in general, and and he was talking about the streets of L.A. how. 
the bums and junkies originally would throw up a tent or something. And then there'd be a number of tents. And then you started to see, like, more elaborate shelters being set up. Then you saw people just parking crappy old SUVs that hardly run or don't run anymore in, in front of, like, multimillion-dollar homes, and, and nothing can be done about it. And now you're seeing, and he was, he was talking about uh, specifically uh, the underpass there at where Kalinga goes under the 101 for Los Angelinos, um, and how people are now building entire structures with hammer and nails. And you're going to see drywall guys out there soon. <laughs> and incredibly elaborate, sure. permanent structures. Yep. And they're just being allowed to. Meanwhile, you and your permanent structure are being paid, are being charged rather tens of thousands of dollars in, uh, in property tax. And because I'm going through this right now, you have to get all kinds of permits for all kinds of things. Right. You can't right. do the tiniest little thing without a permit. They're that, building something in a parking lot. Then we got this uh, this note from Andy Anonymous. I was born and raised in San Jose. I'm a father, husband, homeowner, taxpayer. My business is located off the railroad tracks. Uh, long story short, constant flow of homeless with encampments and the issues that come along with it. There's a woman who moved her, moved her camp along our fence line and spilling onto the a- active offshoot rail spurs used by a neighboring business to ship in materials. I attempted to reason with this woman and let her know her home was located on an active rail line and there were shipments coming. Trains are wider than the tracks, ma'am. For your safety, you ought to move. She launched into a tirade of expletives and, amongst other things, told me to go F myself, which, of course, is a physical impossibility. I cleared her camp myself the next day after being told by the railroad company that it may take them a week to respond. Then he went to the city and said, hey, look, this is a serious problem, and it's getting worse and worse. Uh, my business is, uh, oh, oh, they had a homeless encampment, uh, a, a danger cleanup uh, helpline. He called it. They said, no, that's a homeless issue. Call the homeless line. So he called the homeless line. It's not answered. He sent an email. The email isn't answered. Then he sent a letter to City Hall with all sorts of evidence, pictures, the rest of it. Generic response. He gets back. We have deployed outreach to offer services to the individuals. Not wanting to be ignored, I figured I'd do the next best thing I could think of. The past few days, I've gone on a rampage, taking pictures of the blight and homelessness in San Jose, tweeting it as a response to every local politician reporter I could find, um, and uh, on and on. He, uh, and he says, nothing yet, but he's hoping. Uh, thanks for entertaining me every weekday morning for the past decade and a half. Well, thank you for your contribution there, uh, Andy. That's great stuff. But again, the, the, the authorities, not only do they have no interest in helping him because they're a bunch of government drones, there's no incentive to help him, especially in a one-party uh, area. Sure. Uh, funny, funny Babylon and, Bee. And yeah, by the way, Andy, send along those pictures. You said if you want to send them all, uh, if you want to see them, I'll show them to oh, you. Oh, we'll post them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Andy, send them along, buddy. A funny, funny Babylon B headline for you in a second, but first we want to tell you about Car Shield in case your check engine light comes on today and you go, oh boy, now what? What is this going to cost me? Well, you don't have to worry near as much if you got Car Shield. Car Shield has helped over a million drivers. They're America's number one auto protection company and growing fast. Yeah, there's an old joke. When do you know your car's out of warranty? Well, when you have a major repair. It was a week ago it went out from under its warranty. When it starts making the clunk, clunk sound. I've actually thought before, is there like a computer chip in the car? that it, So when the warranty goes out, the clunk, clunk starts? Son of a... 
Yeah, well, with CarShield, you don't have to worry about it. It's helped over a million drivers, America's number one auto protection company. And listen to this. You figure out what repair needs to be done or whatever, you bring it to the, the, the repair shop, you bring it to the dealer of your choice. They don't tell you where to go. Yep, that's very cool. Get coverage today, and you can sign up really fast. You can also get out of it really fast if you decide you want to. Get coverage today and see why CarShield cars go further. Call 800-CAR-6000, 800-CAR-6000, and mention the code Armstrong, or visit carshield.com and use the code Armstrong, and you'll save 10% with the code Armstrong. That's carshield.com, code Armstrong, a deductible may apply. Um, saw this from the Babylon Bee. They're on fire lately. Really funny. Yeah. Uh, it's around the whole Joe Biden won't answer the question thing. The court packing. Democrat proposing to his girlfriend says he won't reveal position on adultery until after the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that was oh, pretty funny. that's good. Um, that is good. When we come back, I got an update on a couple of ongoing stories. One's going to make you happy. One's going to make you unhappy on the on the latest wrinkle on these major stories. It's a lot like life, Jack. Um, a lot like life. It is. The ups, the downs, the ins, the ends. Yet another college professor in trouble for teaching. Oh, my God. I think I know the story you're talking it's about. It's a good one. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out, having just been in the uh, lunchroom getting a little caffeine juice, I was trying to figure out... Uh, how old uh, Patrick Leahy is of Vermont, because he was he was doing his best, God bless him, to ask questions of one of the most brilliant women on earth, uh, Ms. Coney Barrett. Um, and the poor old fellow was really, really struggling. Well, he's he's a Democrat who's struggling. How about he's the... 80? He's 80. He's only 80. He's a, he's an old 80. They call him the kid. Um, uh, Diane Feinstein sounded every bit of 87 and on the Republican side, Chuck Grassley is clearly, um, pounded the golden spike. I mean, he He's is 87. I just looked it up. Oh, wow. 87. But the Republicans booted him out. They said, no, you're not going to be the chair, even though you have seniority. Lindsey Graham's going to do it. You're too damn old. I can't believe the Democrats haven't done it. The idea of seniority ruling the day is just crazy. Who would ever run their their life or their company or anything like that? We'll just have the oldest person in charge of computers. They've been here the longest. Yeah. Oh, Dick (laughs) Blumenthal is only 74. So uh, that's why he shows up with uh, wearing shorts with a pinwheel and a beanie on his head. <laughs> uh, he, uh, of course, you know he he looks a little older than he is because of all of the stress of combat in Vietnam. All right. And of course. Oh, that's right. No, he made that up. Uh. <laughs> Stolen valor Blumenthal on the Judiciary Committee. Good uh, stuff. Uh, it is good stuff. So those updates and other things on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I can come back with a clip from the television. So I just kind of grabbed, and this is at random. It's going to be right in the middle of a thought. But Joe is making the point that uh, one of the many ancient senators involved in the confirmation hearing of uh, Judge Barrett. This is Patrick Leahy, Democrat. Um, I think she's speaking right now, but he just... I grabbed this at random, but I don't think it makes any difference. Not all much. Of, all of his <laughs> ramblings are just... To, here, listen Supreme to a little Court of this. ...that gives same-sex couples the right to marry. Well, 
you mentioned Justice Kagan, she once wrote an opinion that it's not enough that five justices believe a precedent is wrong. Reversing course demands a special justification over and above the belief that the president was wrongly decided. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. He's the doctrine reading. of stare decisis itself requires. Yeah, he's, well, he's reading, which so, is fun. So I, I heard him in the lunchroom and he said, did you, the, the gay marriage, you agree that that's, uh, that's uh, the law of the land? And she said, well, you know, I don't give the thumbs up or thumbs down. That's what judge, not the judges said. It is the law. It is currently the law. You know, my opinion doesn't matter. But do you think that blah, blah, just, I mean, he, he comes off as a hundred? Right. Well, and there's no chance zero. They lay a glove on her. I mean, she's yeah. she's smarter than any two and a half of them put together. Uh, they keep asking her, "How would you?" Well, that, God, the, is Maisie Hirono dumb, or does she have a speech thing, or what? She sounds like a cartoon dog. <laughs> like a, a character that's intentionally the dog. I am the uh, dumb dog. I I just came in, but I hit my head because the doggy door is too small. I mean, she has that sound to her. And if she's suffering from a malady oh, or something, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, be mocking. I hate her politics, but I'm not going to mock her if she has a physical malady. But anyway, um, she was trying to nail Amy Coney, Coney Barrett on. Well, if uh, uh, how would you vote if this uh, this case came before? And poor Judge Barrett was explaining, even though everybody knows it's an exercise, it's a dog and pony show, explaining that, well, first of all, I haven't heard the case, so how in the world would I know how I would rule? Secondly, it would be an incredibly serious breach of judicial ethics to announce in advance how I'm going to rule on a case. And thirdly, not commenting specifically on issues in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee is referred to as, wait for it, Wait for it. The Ginsburg Doctrine, as in Ruth Bader. So get off my toes and back the if up. <laughs> she didn't say that, but she should have. Um, So silly. So dumb. A couple of things um, that will make some people happy and make others people not. The Supreme Court has decided not to take up the Trump emoluments clause case. Whether or not he's violated that by having a hotel and all these different sorts of things. So that's not going to be some big October surprise that hits with the Supreme Court taking that up. No. Where does that sit with the appeals court? I don't even know. It's, not, know. it's not a big but deal. But you would anyway. have been in the news a lot. Plus if, they, that just, if the Supreme Court had said they would take it up, that would have been a huge news story. You know it would have been. Right. Um, and then, <laughs> But on the other side of things, for me anyway, uh, Attorney General Barr announced yesterday that that Durham report is that the guy's name is not coming out before the election. Oh boy, the the final report on Russian collusion and what the FBI did and spying on Trump and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, that some people were counting on as an October surprise. I'm not sure any of these October surprises would move the needle at all. But so that report's going to come out after the election, which bothers me mostly because even if something really bad was done, nobody will pay a price and nobody will pay any attention because it doesn't matter anymore. The election's over. Mm, yeah, probably not. That's the way that tends to happen. Yeah, I understand why they're not going to put it out in the last couple of weeks before the election. Um, but it it ought not to be a partisan issue in any way. I mean, it, it's uh, troubling to me that. More Americans can't put aside their partisan choices and say, all right, the FBI is misbehaving. Doesn't matter who their victim is. If they are breaking their own rules, if they're breaking uh, the law, 
If they're spying on American citizens, if they're faking a FISA warrants, my God, it'll be against our side next. So, yeah, let's all join together and rooting this out and making sure the referees are, are calling the game fairly. No, no, no time for that. Either orange man good or orange man bad. So there's a funny story. Here's a woman, a tourist from Canada. When she was a young person, she went to, uh, where's Pompeii? Italy? It is. And she was there uh, where the big explosion happened and stuff like that. And Mount she, Vesuvius. And she stole some artifacts. She, like, grabbed a couple of ceramic wall tiles and stuff and stole them. From Just a, like a Canadian. From, <laughs> from one of the great world archaeological sites. Anyway, since then, her world has been hellish. Her life has been hellish. She's gotten breast cancer twice, oh, no. among other bad things that have happened to her. And she decided it was a curse of some sort for stealing that stuff. So she has. I've sent, seen those movies. She has sent it back to the archaeological park of Pompeii, uh, the mosaic tiles and some other stuff that she stole with a letter saying, "Please take them back. They're bringing me bad luck. I was young and dub. I want to have a peace. Uh, I want to have peace of mind." Mm. And uh, so she feels like she was cursed, and she hopes this ends it. I'm not sure she actually was cursed. I don't believe in curses. But but you shouldn't steal from people either. uh, Archaeological sites in particular. Canadians, they steal and they believe in curses. I mean, what else do you need to know about America's hat? Bunch of superstitious (laughs) moose-riding, Molson-swinging something. Armstrong and Getty.